you can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome back to another episode of the Career Contessa podcast. Your shortcut to being more fulfilled, healthy, and successful at work. I'm your host, Lauren McGoodwin, and today's solo episode is focused on company culture. With so many people considering new jobs, it's natural to want to pick the quote-unquote right company. You know, the company that isn't like your last toxic workplace, or the company that cares about your well-being just as much as their own revenue, and much more. So how can you ensure this when you know the interviewer is inclined to show off the best version of themselves? Asking detailed questions. Today, I'll share 10 ideas for questions you can ask to better understand a company's real culture. And now this is the Career Contessa podcast. I remember one of my first job interviews back when I was in college going terribly wrong, like capitalize the T and terribly I had followed the Career Center's advice, and I made sure I tailored my resume, applied for the on-campus interviews, and I actually, surprisingly enough, landed one with a company that was looking for an entry-level salesperson. And in hindsight, I probably would have hated the job, but you know, in college, your first interview, you're very excited. I studied up on the job and practiced my answers to all the common interview questions. On the day of the interview, I brought copies of my resume because I am a perfect little student and I check every box. About 20 minutes into the interview, they asked me if I had any questions for them. I completely froze, like completely. I was not prepared for that at all. I remember thinking, I don't remember seeing that in my notes, but that frozen face of mine was quickly interrupted because the interviewer noticed that I had spelled the word experience wrong on my resume. And not only did she point it out, but she circled it with a red pen over and over again. It was mortifying. And I'm not sure what was worse, having zero questions prepared to ask them or a major typo on my resume. But from that point forward, I was determined not to make either next time. Over the years, I've gotten way more experience interviewing. And for all your sake, thank God, because it's not just for jobs, but even for the experts on things like this podcast. And when I was a recruiter at Hulu, I remember so vividly the candidates that asked us good questions and the ones who, well, they just didn't. Either they didn't ask any questions or the questions were really, you know, predictable And if you listen to this podcast, then you already know that preparing questions to ask your interviewers 
is a great way to stand out among other candidates, but it actually plays an even more important role. Asking questions allows you to root out any red flags and filter which jobs, people, and even companies are the right fit for you. A story that's all too common, if it hasn't happened to you, it's probably happened to your best friend, is the person who leaves one toxic job only to land another one. And then they wonder why this happens again and again and what they could have done differently. The most common reasons to leave a job come down to two main things, bad bosses and bad company cultures. Well, we all know what a bad boss is, but what exactly is company culture and why does it matter? Company culture is a set of values and beliefs that are often unstated and unwritten. While a company may have a written culture or mission statement, and back when we were actually going into workplaces on a regular basis, maybe they even highlighted it somewhere in the kitchen or a common area, the way that the people or the employees there behave can give you true insight into a company's culture. And I know we've all heard the gripe of they say the company says one thing in their mission statement or their culture, or their values, and the people act a totally different way. And when it comes to a job, finding a good culture fit is often the key to enjoying your time with the company. When you're not a good fit, turns out you're more likely to be unhappy and disengaged with your work, which is probably going to lead you to search for a job sooner than you if you were a good fit. Or if you want to take this one step further, follow the advice from my interview with Candace Morgan, who at the time was Pinterest's head of inclusion and belonging. She tells people to focus on finding a good value fit. That means a company whose values align with your own. And don't worry, I will link to her interview in the show notes. One, it's fantastic. And you can learn more about what she means. But how do you learn about the company culture in an interview setting? It's true that you'll never really know what a company or team culture is like till you work there, but you do have some control. And that control comes from asking specific questions around culture that can clue you in at least a little bit. These clues or the answers from your interviewer will help you better understand what it's like to work there before you accept the job and let you know if you're probably going to enjoy it. And look, I'm all about being proactive and in control in any way I can, especially when it comes to something like a job interview and a little bit of the unknown. So why not prepare some really good questions around company culture and make sure you ask them? All right. Well, naturally, you're probably wondering, Lauren, just give me the questions to ask. I'll write them down and I'll ask them. So here are my 10 questions that you should be asking in your next interview or even at your current job if you're considering staying and you want to know how things are going to change moving forward. Here are the 10 questions that you can ask to learn about company culture. While you can ask as many questions about company culture as you want, if you don't know what you want out of a job and a company, the answers aren't going to help you figure out if you'll be happy there. So kind of one of the obvious things is you have to have a clear idea of what kind of culture you'll appreciate. Do you want something that's very quiet and heads down and very remote Or are you more into the social scene? You want them to have a lot of happy hours and events and you want a culture that appreciates, you know, a more loud personality. So once you can determine what kind of company culture is a good fit for you, then you can really help focus on what type of questions and what type of answers are going to help you better interpret 
the answers or if the company is going to be a good fit for you. Likewise, I would encourage you to do your homework on the company culture before the interview. Not only could it help answer some of your questions, but it will also give you some quick insights. Seeing the employees who have pets and are gathered around a central workplace because they all work in person again versus seeing workers who are in suits and ties and in their own separate cubicles, right? Just sometimes seeing physical photos and hopefully their more recent photos will tell you a little bit about the culture as well. Finally, I would recommend that you reread the job posting and pull out some language that can help you decode the company's culture. Do they use words like fast pace or we're all a big family here? Do they talk about how they're really frugal or very lean? Or does the company talk about work-life balance and how they appreciate, you know, offering family and family benefits or they want to make sure their employees do have a paid time off to recharge. So just these are kind of three homework items that you can do before we even think about the questions we want to ask. One, have a really clear idea of what kind of culture you're going to appreciate. To do any homework or research you can on what the company's culture is right now, or at least what they are promoting to the outside world. And you can look for that on their careers page, maybe their LinkedIn page. Sometimes companies will even have like a company or um, a separate careers page that really highlights culture. And then the third thing is to reread the job posting and pay attention to the specific language they use. I want to take a quick break to talk about one of our sponsors, Claire. Claire is an innovative new e-commerce paint startup that takes the hassle out of paint shopping with streamlined selections of designer curated colors, peel and stick swatches, premium paint and supplies, and it's all delivered to your door. Claire is a black women-owned company founded by interior designer Nicole Gibbons. Nicole saw that traditional paint shopping experiences were outdated and full of hassle, So she decided to create a better brand and a whole new experience that's easier, faster, more convenient, and definitely more inspiring. Claire also offers ultra premium paint that's healthier for your home and the environment. Claire offers expert guidance, a ton of educational content to help you tackle your paint project like a pro, and an inspiring blog full of home ideas, tips, and tutorials to help you create a home you love. And if you need help choosing a color, you can try Claire Color Genius. This is a super fun two-minute quiz that allows Claire to deliver a personalized paint color recommended for you. Claire has literally thought of every detail to help make your paint project easy, inspiring, and hassle-free. It's no surprise that it was founded by a woman, right? (laughs) With Claire, you can find everything you need to choose a paint color and tackle your paint projects with confidence without leaving your home. From the products to the inspiration, tips, and tutorials, it's literally a one-stop shop. So for your next paint project, definitely give Claire a try. You can visit Claire at www.claire.com backslash Contessa, and that's spelled C-L-A-R-E, to get started. And use the code Contessa to receive $5 off your first gallon of paint. One more time, that's claire.com backslash Contessa and Claire is spelled C-L-A-R-E. With code Contessa, you'll get $5 off. I want to talk about one of our sponsors, Cozy Earth. We all know the importance of good sleep, especially after a long day of work. One way to optimize your rest and your coziness is by having the right bedding. That's where Cozy Earth comes in. 
Cozy Earth develops and crafts high quality goods with responsibly and sustainably sourced materials from the earth. So you can get that restorative sleep you need to curate your sanctuary and recharge from the comfort of your home. They're made from soft and sustainable fabrics like bamboo and Cozy Earth is softer than cotton. Plus, Cozy Earth is temperature regulating, which means that it's going to keep you cool and comfortable all night long. You're not going to be sweating in the middle of the night. Cozy Earth is also machine washable and their enhanced weave guarantees not to pill even after washing. And you don't have to just take my word for it. Cozy Earth has been featured on Oprah's favorites list four years in a row. I didn't even actually know that was possible. And if you're still not sure, they have a 10-year warranty on their products. Oh, and if you want to test out their sheets, I think this is so cool that they offer this, but Cozy Earth will give you um, a 100-night quote-unquote sleep test. That means you can try it for 100 nights, and if you don't love it, you can send it back for a full refund. You've got to try these sheets. They are the softest sheets I've ever felt. And Cozy Earth provided an exclusive offer for our listeners today. You can get 35% off site-wide when you use the code CONTESSA, C-O-N-T-E-S-S-A. One more time, that's 35% off when you use the code CONTESSA, C-O-N-T-E-S-S-A. All right, now back to the show. Hi, I'm Allie Colbert. I'm bisexual, so I'm attracted to both women and food. I'm a stand-up comedian and I host The Ali Colbert Show where we talk all things dating, sexuality, pop culture, television advice, everything queer. We are the anti-basic podcast. We do amazing interviews with my friends who are hilarious stand-up comedians and have on interesting authors, writers, and actors. So if you want to laugh, listen to steamy stories, or learn some new dating tricks, this is for you. Listen in wherever you get your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, or wherever else. Okay, here are the 10 questions. Number one, is there a culture or mission statement you can share? So you're going to ask this because often you can find either or both of these on the company's website or in the job posting. However, if your research comes up empty, you want to ask to see if these are available, right? These statements should give you an idea as to what kind of culture the company is trying to build and how they go about doing it. And if they don't have either, that also tells you a lot about the company, right? And their culture. Maybe they haven't really thought about their culture. Maybe they're not being very proactive. Maybe they have much more of a hands-off approach, which might be a good fit for you, but maybe not. Number two, what's your management style? Hopefully you'll interview with your supervisor or your manager before you're hired. And if not, you should ask. And while you will likely click or not with the person, it's still important to ask how they manage their team. To be a successful employee, you need a good working relationship with your boss, right? We talked about how one of the number one reasons why people leave a job is because of bad bosses. So getting some insight into how they manage will give you some clues as to if you know that you can work well together. That said, it's unlikely your potential new boss is going to say, I'm a micromanager and I like to overrule every decision just because I like to make your life hell, right? (laughs) They're probably not going to tell you that. So listen to their answers and try to decipher and read between the lines, you know, you need to also come in this knowing that they're going to be putting their best foot forward. 
a micromanager may say something like, I'll check in on you on projects every day, or, you know, I always want to look at something before you turn it in, or I don't allow people to work with clients right away. You can probably kind of pick up on little clues that their style might not be the right fit for you. Question number three to ask, what are the company's values? Like I said, another way to learn about a company's culture is to ask your interviewer what the company values are and see if those values align with yours. So for example, if one of the values is radical honesty and the thought of that value makes you uncomfortable, you'll likely be unhappy working there, right? If one of their values is that, you know, they do everything as a team and they love collaboration, you're more of an independent contributor type, then maybe that's not a good fit for you. Question number four, what kind of career path or professional growth do you offer? Large companies often have career paths and professional development programs that are clear and well-defined. And that can be a great fit for the person who wants that. Then there are smaller companies and they often don't have the resources or room to offer that same kind of growth. So ask what kind of career advancement or professional development is offered. Does the company provide internal training or do they reimburse you if you go out and find external resources that you really want to do and how much are they willing to um, reimburse you? If a promotion isn't going to be possible in the next few years, what opportunities are there for you to learn and grow and advance? For some people, job title is super important to them. So is that important? Do they offer that? Other people don't care about job title. They care about the projects they're working on. So this is a really important question to ask and to also be very honest about what you need to feel successful in a role. Question number five, what kind of social events are there? Whether you want to hang out with coworkers after hours or not, knowing what kinds of social events the company does or does not organize for their employees can tell you a lot about its culture. Let's go over an example with like a fully remote company. They're not going to usually eat lunch together in the break room, let alone at the same time. This can make it hard for employees to create informal connections with people outside of their team. So you want to maybe ask, does the company offer a virtual company lunch or some sort of virtual social event? Do they set up informal coffee chats with people on different teams? And does it seem like these events are totally optional or more mandatory? It's all about knowing what you want and what's a good fit for you. But understanding also what type of social events or how the company is trying to create culture. um, Yeah, that's important. You want to know that up front. Number six, what is the work-life balance like? Do you fully disconnect on the weekends and vacations? Or are they going to expect you to basically be on 24-7? A good way to learn more about a company's work-life balance is to just simply ask. And also right now, if you ever felt uncomfortable asking about that, now is the one time that I can guarantee it is absolutely not weird to ask about that. And recruiters and interviewers are probably absolutely expecting you to ask about it. If the answer mentions coming in early or staying late um, or working weekends, that tells you a lot about the company's culture and the kind of work-life balance you can expect. In a remote setting, maybe this is that we expect you to be online and available to answer, you know, any messages that we send within, you know, a two-hour period. However, you might not get any specifics on the answer, but if you have lingering doubts, try asking the people you interview who are not the boss, maybe the employees, 
how often are they expected to answer emails or phone calls during off hours? Do they have off hours? Ask them the last time they took a vacation and did, did they fully disconnect? You can ask more specific questions about the actions they take in order to kind of answer this as well. Because again, they're probably going to tell you, oh, we have great work-life balance and we totally respect that. But the reality might be that they actually don't respect that. Um, and the employees might be able to tell you from their own experiences. Number seven, how do meetings start? Meetings are often a part of any job and hopefully not the majority of part of your job. And though you might want to ask how often and how long meetings are, asking how meetings start can give you some insight into the company's culture. Because also asking how many meetings do you guys have a week and how long are they? That might not be the best way to word this in an interview, right? Maybe once you get the job, you could ask that. So I like to take the kind of like sneaky way, which is asking how do meetings start? And then they might also tell you how many meetings they have or how long. So for example, do they usually start with a fun icebreaker or casually ask everyone about their weekend? I remember I had a friend who was working for a company and she actually hated this. They used to ask everybody what was their coffee order of the day. And it just annoyed her. She was like, I don't have time for this. I really just want to get get to the meeting. So, you know, the other flip side is do meetings tend to jump right into the agenda? These are two very different approaches and they tell you a lot about how formal or informal the company culture might be. And for my friend, you know, it doesn't mean that that company wasn't a good fit for someone else. It just meant it wasn't a good fit for her. Number eight, how much time does the owner, founder, CEO, you know, top head honcho spend in the office or with employees. I would say, especially in this remote world, it could be just doing things that are a little bit more quote unquote FaceTime. In large companies, you likely won't get much of an answer as the higher up the ladder, the less likely those leaders are to spend time with their employees, right? They, they probably have a small group that they do spend time with and then it kind of trickles down. That said, it's not unheard of. You know, the answer can give you a lot of insight into the leadership culture. If leaders don't spend a lot of time with their teams, it could mean that the middle management is trusted and can kind of work with hands off. Likewise, it could mean the upper management is totally disengaged with the realities of the job and they're going to be asking you to do things and you're going to be like, well, that's not even how it works around here. So spending a lot of time with the team could mean that management doesn't trust them or that they want to learn more about what their employees do every day. So you could take this as the approach of like the way higher ups or depending on the team you're interviewing for, it might be like your boss's boss. So for example... When I worked on a team, I had a manager and then there was like a director of our department. So my question of this might have been more about how how much time does the director of the department spend with the team? You know, am I going to be in meetings where the guy's actually going or woman is actually going to know my name? Or is this something where I'm just going to be, you know, a name on a list to them? So again, if that's something important to you and um, you definitely want to ask about it, but another thing is like, it can tell you a little bit about the overall leadership culture. Is it a big power dynamic there or not? So I think that's really important, especially when we go back to why do people leave companies, culture, bad bosses, bad leadership, Um, especially right now, you could ask some questions about like, how did leadership handle COVID? How have they managed, you know, people going home? Because a lot of leaders I feel like (laughs) are 
doing this lip service thing where they're putting out surveys and asking people what they want. And then they do the complete opposite. So those are others. Um, some other really good questions you could ask is maybe instead of how much time do they spend in the office or with their team, maybe you ask them, how did leadership respond to COVID? What have they done recently? Have there been surveys of what the organization or the company wants and how is leadership actually implementing that or not implementing that? Number nine, who on the team has a flexible schedule? While you could ask if a flexible schedule is possible, that doesn't tell you what working a flexible schedule could mean for your prospects at the company, right? Maybe everybody works at a flexible schedule, but it's like at the end of the day, it just means you have to be online all the time. So, but you know, asking who currently has a flexible schedule will tell you a lot about how flexible schedules work and the people who work them are valued, right? Do they, is it, basically only women and moms who have flexible schedules and work remote? Or um, is it, you know, the majority of the team and they're working hybrid? I think especially right now when we're kind of rewriting the rules of work and that's a very hot topic is what does the flexible schedule actually look like or what does remote actually look like? What does hybrid actually look like? And getting into a lot of specifics and then asking how those people are valued. Um, if it seems like only entry entry or lower level employees have flexible schedules that could indicate your professional growth is going to be limited because that means they maybe aren't getting as much face time. So this is another thing where I think, especially as the rules of work are being rewritten, I would absolutely ask, okay, I wouldn't take it for granted. Like this is what remote means this is what hybrid means this is what flexible means. I would ask them specifics and ask them to define it. And number 10, how does the company handle failure? Mistakes happen and so do failures, right? And they're a natural part of growth. So asking how the company responds to failures can help you understand how it will react if you make a mistake. Is your boss going to help you learn and grow? Are they going to forgive and forget? Or are you going to feel like you're walking on eggshells and that this is your immediate, you know, flashing neon light that says, go get a new job because we don't, we don't accept failures here. And this is something where you could ask that question, but another way you might be able to ask it to an employee who you're interviewing with is what's a time that you've messed up on a project or something here and how did management respond or how did the team respond? These are really important questions to be asking because every part of their answer is a clue into what it's actually like to work there versus what they've maybe put on their website. A lot of companies have been in the hot seat about not being very authentic. And so I think they are trying to be a lot more genuine about this is our culture because at the end of the day, they want to hire the person who's the right fit as well. It's very expensive for companies to have to hire new people and retrain. So they are mutually benefiting from you asking these questions as well. And I, I would always urge people to remember that interviewing is a two-way street. So ask these really good questions because you're likely going to spend at least eight hours a day working five days a week, unless you're lucky and you get to work at one of those four day a week companies, making sure that 
you know, you're at a company that aligns with your values and needs is crucial to being happy and engaged. And asking these questions can really help ensure you connect with a company that's the right cultural fit for you. And I hope you have found these questions to be helpful. Don't forget that you can always tailor them and you should tailor them. These are just ideas to kind of get the ball rolling for you, but you should always tailor them to the job you're applying for and the specifics um, with the company that you already know of. Thank you for listening to another one of my solo episodes. If you enjoyed this episode, please let me know so I can create more of them. And even the topics that you would like me to cover, you can do that by leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts about the show, or you can DM me on uh, Instagram. It's just at Career Contessa and let me know what you'd like me to cover next. Lastly, if you are considering a new job, don't forget to check out our online courses that cover everything from the job search to resume templates and cover letters to even how to ace your interview. I will put the link to our online course library in the show notes. Along with, we have an article that includes a ton of different questions that you can ask at the end of the interview. So kind of going along with this type of prep or, and even though I'm talking a lot about job interviews, these are all questions you could also ask in your current role. And I will also link to Candace Morgan's podcast interview that we did a couple years ago, all about values fit.